This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Hog butcher for the world, toolmaker, stacker of wheat, player with railroads in the nation's freight handler, stormy, husky, brawling, city of the big shoulders. That's what poet Carl Sandburg wrote about his beloved Chicago back in 1914. Now, April is National Poetry Month, but that's not why we're starting out with some verse. During the early 20th century, Chicago was actually full of railroad lines that crisscrossed downtown in what would become known as the Collar Counties. Commuters and and freight still passed through the region, but many of the lines from the heyday of rail were abandoned over the decades. Unfortunately for you outdoorsy types and anyone who likes to jump on a bike, many in the city and suburbs are now beautifully bike and pedestrian trails. This past Saturday was Trails Day, an annual event organized by the National Rails to Trails Conservancy. So we thought that it would be nice to hear more about some of the great bike and pedestrian paths here in our area. So joining us now to discuss is Alan Cubbage, president of the Evanston Bike Club and member of the National Rails to Trails group. He biked here to Navy Pier today. Correct. (laughs) Welcome, Alan. Thank you. (laughs) Also with us, Christine Hubert from Southwest Suburb Joliet. She's a volunteer with the group Ride Illinois, who puts out some great cycling content on her Instagram, which is at Powered by Cheesecake. What a wonderful name. Thanks. And you're a woman after my heart because that's my favorite dessert. It's magical. (laughs) Welcome, Christine. Uh, I will start with you, Alan, because I understand that you do a lot of your cycling on the North Shore. So what are some of your favorite rails-to-trails rides in that area? Well, the North, we're very fortunate in that the North Shore has a lot of uh, uh, former um, bike path or r- railroads and uh, uh, ComEd right-of-way as well. But the one that's really, I think, the most accessible for people in Chicago and in the northern area is the Green Bay Trail, which runs from Wilmette North all the way up to Waukegan. Mm -hmm. And actually, when you get to Lake Bluff, it connects with another trail that runs west um, from Lake Bluff all the way over to Wakanda. So if you want, you can start in Wilmette right at the train station and ride for, you know, 30 or 40 miles, which is a long pull. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, but the nice thing about riding on the Green Bay Trail is you're riding through very nice suburbs as you go up the North Shore. And, you know, you're never more than a couple miles from a nice downtown where you can stop and have a cup of coffee or something to eat or whatever. And like all trails, the nice thing is it's flat. Uh, yes, for sure. Very, very key. <laughs> uh, take us south and west, Christine. Where, where do you do most of your riding and, and what is it that keeps drawing you back? Uh, where I do most of my riding is the I&M Canal Trail. Um, it starts in Rockdale, which is near Joliet, and it goes all the way west out to LaSalle near Starved Rock State Park. So it's 61 miles of beautifully flat, pa- uh, wow. crushed limestone, a little bit paved. If you're more adventurous, there's a little bit uh, of a more rugged section west of Ottawa. But it's, like Alan said, flat is the key, but also... For me, one of the draws is no traffic, no mm. cars. You just get on your bike and can relax, and it's beautiful nature. Um, yeah, tell us more about this INM Canal Trail. Like, what else can you see and learn along this trail? So it's it's I would say the nature is number one thing that draws me there. Um, you you get a really nice blend of uh, wildlife. You're at one point you've got the canal on your one side, and you've got the Illinois River on the other. Uh, there's a lot. They they preserved a lot of the history of the canal, so you will have buildings like the old lock tenders houses that you can ride by. They've in between the nice sections of nature, though. You've also got a nice parks, uh, some nice towns to stop in. Um, the towns are really accommodating for your mm-hmm. rides too. Like Morris has bike racks where you can just ride right up, lock up your bike, go have a bite in town. 
Um, they even put in bike rental stations along the way. Oh, perfect. So it's it's great for riders of all abilities. Now, this time of year, it seems like a great time to, to get on a bike and, and hit the trail, right? It's not too hot, not too cold. Give us more of, of the ideal day of cycling. Like, What does your perfect day look like, Alan? Well, I think the nice thing is uh, we were saying is that you can really go at your own pace on the trails. Okay. And there's lots of amenities along the trails in many places as well. So you don't have to be a real hardcore biker. And in fact, and if you're unfamiliar, you won't get intimidated? No, that's the best part is they're very family friendly, very kid friendly. And, you know, the really fast bicyclists don't want to ride on the trails. Okay. They're riding on the street at 20 miles an hour in their peloton packs. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Those are not the people you see on the trails. The trails tend to be much more casual riders. Okay. So that's why I think that's why they're so welcoming is that it really all types of riders feel comfortable there. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Christine? What's what's your ideal cycling day look like? Um. I will say on the INM, my ideal day is either a really nice warm summer day because you get a respite in the shade in the mm-hmm. woods, um, but also fall is absolutely gorgeous on the canal. You are riding through a tunnel of just vibrant reds and oranges and yellows, so mm. just a, a day where I get a nice mix of some sun on my face, fresh air, nature, uh, and that. no schedule, just ride. <laughs> I love that. Even, just even walks in the, in well, the fall absolutely. are just absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Love love that. What is it that drew you to cycling? So I've always liked riding my bike on and off, but honestly, it was the pandemic that got me back into it. Um, just the isolation from working from home. I don't have children, so it was just me and my husband 24-7 in our house. And at the end of 2020, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go buy a new bike. I'm just going to try riding again. And I started riding. I said con- that too, and yeah. I didn't. Oh, you got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. <laughs> but I got out there riding the country roads by my house, and I just got hooked. It was just an amazing way for me to decompress. You know, just our lives are so busy and hectic. We don't have time to stop and take a breath, and that you literally are forced to slow down on a bicycle. <laughs> right, you right. You got to stop and look around and take everything in, and it became my me time, and now I, I can't live without it. What keeps you coming back to cycling, Alan? Oh, I think, again, it's just a really nice way to relax and find your own time. Uh, One of the things that I really enjoy is I'm fortunate that my wife is a really good bicyclist. I mean, to be honest, she sort of pushes me. Um, So as a result for us, it's a really nice way to spend a weekend day is, you know, to just Uh, go for a ride together. Time together. Uh, So it's it's great. And, again, you know, we're very lucky in the Chicago area and that there are bike paths, bike trails, all over. I mean, in DuPage County, the Prairie Path is really one of the oldest. That's a great trail. The Fox River Trail out in Kane County. Uh, Lake County has really nice trails. And McHenry County has good trails as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, Chicago still has lots of railroads, but they also have lots of places where the railroads used to be that have been converted into yeah. these trails. So it's you, a great... And you, you, you've both mentioned, like, amenities and things that you can see along the way. How do you prepare before you go out for a ride? Are you packing a lunch? Do you factor in time to stop along the way, Christine? Um, so I am a type of rider that I love loading up my bags for the day and having no set schedule. So I'll pack a lunch. If I feel like stopping, I'll stop. Um, but yeah, I like to have everything on me and I have complete freedom then. Right. So what about you and your wife? Is this, is this 
it's date day, right? So yeah. <laughs> are you stopping at a restaurant? Or? To be honest, one of the nice things about many of the trails is there are very good brew pubs along those <laughs> yes, trails. <I> knew so, <laughs> you know, biking and beer somehow seem to go together. <laughs> so as a result, we tend to ride for Just a while. Just not at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Tend to ride for a while, then stop and have lunch and maybe have a pint while we're doing it. You know? Nice. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we are talking rails to trails. The Chicago area has long been a major transportation hub for the Midwest, for people and for goods. Now, in recent years, many abandoned train lines in the region have been converted into bike and pedestrian trails in both the city and the suburbs. So later this hour, we're going to hear about a couple of emerging projects on Chicago's south side. But right now we are talking with avid bike riders Alan Cubbage and Christine Hubert about some of their favorite trail rides. Um, so talk to us more about uh, the different trails. Alan, uh, let's go to the western suburbs specifically. Like, Where do you like to ride in that area? Well, certainly the prairie path, which is in DuPage County, really runs the length of it, is the grandfather of trails here in the Chicago area. It, it was been converted, gosh, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe 50 even. Uh, and it's just a great path. I mean, it starts in uh, Maywood and then goes out through Elmhurst and Wheaton all the way out to the Fox River, where it then links up with the Fox River Trail that goes from Elgin to Aurora. So that's a really great path, runs right on the east-west. And again, the Fox River Trail is really pretty, you know, all the way from Elgin south to Aurora. So they're really nice trails, pretty accessible to much of the Chicago area, which is great. There there seems to be a a theme here. This is a fun activity for people of all ages to give a, a try, Christine. What are your tips for someone listening now, for me, (laughs) uh, who might be new to this? Now, I'm not new to cycling as a whole, but for instance, I hadn't cycled in a long time until a recent vacation. I, you know, I was cycling in in California and fell in love all over again, right? And so I know I'm going to incorporate it in my Illinois life this summer. Uh, So what's your advice for someone who wants to start out? My number one advice is make it your ride. You know, you'll, I think a lot of people when they think of cycling, they think of Lance Armstrong. You do not have to be an elite athlete. You don't have to have the most expensive bike. Do Find the bike that makes you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Find the type of riding that makes you feel comfortable. Like, I go really slow. <laughs> I mean, I was wobbly yeah. at first. <laughs> I'm a slow rider. I, I, I don't like the pressure of okay. trying to be someplace at one time. Just make it your ride and make your bike your, comfortable for you. I've made a lot of modifications on my bike because I have back issues mm-hmm. to help me make that ride more comfortable. So don't feel like you have to be pigeonholed into what you see in the store. I've made a lot of tweaks, but that's the number one thing. Make it your ride. Don't don't let anyone else tell you you need to ride a certain way or just yeah. do it. So you can get a bike fit. Yeah, you fit get a bike you. fit. Yeah. I actually what I did, I actually have a hardtail mountain bike, but I ride it on the road. So what I did was I put uh, gravel tires on which are smaller. And I have a handlebar stem extender so it raises the handlebars up so I can ride more upright for my back. And I actually have bar ends that normally people tilt forward to lean forward. Mm-hmm. I tilt them back so that I can actually, again, those stay longer upright. rides stay upright. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool advice. Uh, talk to us, Alan, about uh, the Evanston Bike Club, right, and and the rides that you organize for folks. Sure. Uh, we're we're a pretty good-sized club. There's 500 members in the Evanston wow. Bike Club. Yeah. Um, and we have rides every single day except Monday, and we have rides at varying paces. So, again, we have casual rides that run at 10 to 12 miles an hour, moderate, which is 13 to 15, which is kind of where I am. And then we do have the fast guys. And, you know, this is the groups that they really ride pretty fast. They'll ride at 20 miles an hour. 
Uh, so it's it's great. And the nice thing is we have organized rides every day, uh, like you say, except Monday. And then on the weekends, we have what we call show and goes, which is we just meet up at an Evanston Park and say, OK, where do we want to ride today? And, you know, the 10 or 12 people that are there at that time make a decision. Oh, that's cool. You know, generally based on wind, I must say. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, who gets to make the final yeah, call? Right. You know, <laughs> it's the whole thing. If you try, you know, the advantage or the only time there's a bad, you know, there's no hills in the Chicago area, but there is wind. There is wind. And I got to oh, yeah. say, riding down here this morning, there was some pretty good wind. <laughs> I, I can't believe you did that. that my hat goes off to you. Uh, are you riding with groups, Christine? It sounds very, it sounds like a solitary yeah, event for so you. Yeah, so we were just talking. I am like the complete opposite. I actually prefer to ride solo. Yeah. And that's because I'm a I'm a people person. I When someone else is in my presence, I'm all focused on them. Are they having a good time? You know, so when I am by myself, I don't have to worry about anyone else. I don't have to worry about if I'm riding too fast or too slow, if I want to jump off my bike and take a picture. So... It's, it became very liberating for me, <laughs> and it's playtime, really. I, I like adventure riding. I like to just go out and have an adventure. So for me, that's Are, are you like. taking safety precautions, though? Because I yes. know some of these trails, air, sp- areas are spotty when it comes to yeah, cell service. Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because especially being a woman, I get asked a lot by women. You know, They're like, how do you go and do that by yourself? And I, I can reassure you that if you're just smart about it like anything else, be aware of your surroundings. My husband tracks me on my phone so he knows where I'm at. Um, and carry with you what you need. Um, learn basic bike maintenance skills, too. Yeah. Um, Are but, you usually out there for a, a long time? Um, so, yeah. I, I ride out in the country roads where there's literally nothing. And I've done, actually, four solo unsupported centuries out there. So, 100 miles in a day. Oh, my. <laughs> centuries, 100 miles. Goodness. Yes. 100 miles. And solo unsupported by myself. And I carry everything I need. So, nobody's Amazing. following around. But, so, I've ridden, probably, in the past couple of years, almost 4,000 miles solo. Wow. And not once felt scared or afraid. So I encourage women, just be smart. Love to but hear it. Get out there. You're missing so much. Speaking of getting out there, I know you've got suggestions, Alan, in Wisconsin and Iowa. Yes. Um, again, we're fortunate in the Midwest in that there are really great rails to trails all over. Uh, again, the really one of the oldest ones is the Elroy Sparta Trail up in northwest Wisconsin, which goes through tunnels. You know, the railroad went through tunnels. So the trail now goes right through these, you know, long tunnels up there. The Sugar River Trail in, uh, you know, southern Wisconsin in New Glarus is a great trail. Good brewery there, too. Uh, <laughs> um, Iowa has many, many trails uh, around Des Moines, the hub there, the High Trestle Trail in Des Moines, or what, just north of Des Moines. So one of the nice things is that these rails to trails are really becoming more popular in all over. The Great American Rail to Trail is a project of the Rails to Trails organization, and the goal is a coast-to-coast trail that is essentially pieced together by these trails throughout ah. the area. So in Illinois, for example, the Hennepin Canal Trail. So it would be a 3,700 miles all on trail. My and goodness. That's the Can goal. you imagine? <laughs> and right now the uh, Rails to Trails has got about 2,000 miles of it, a little more. But ultimately it would be indeed coast Christine to coast. Christine will get it done in a week. Yeah. <laughs> Christine rides slow. <laughs> coast to coast. Uh, well, I saw you nodding there when we talked about some of those Wisconsin yeah. and Iowa trails. Are you yeah. familiar? Um, I, I I've been scoping out trails in surrounding states, and um, actually, my sister has written, so she lives in Wisconsin, she's written those trails, and um, also down in Missouri, give a shout out to the Katy Trail. Yeah, which that's is supposed like, to be very good. Yeah, I've, it's, I want to say it's over 200 miles, I think, end yeah. to end. 
one of the like granddaddy rail trails. Um, it's I it's just logistics. Again, I ride slow, so I'm trying to figure <laughs> out how I have that, that time to do it. But yeah, so many great trails. Well, when and where is your next big ride? So I am. It's tradition now that I do a solo unsupported century Memorial Day weekend. So okay. aiming for that. And this oh, that's year, coming right up. Yeah. So I got to get out there riding. It's been a little chilly, but (laughs) Um, and then I really want to do the I&M start to finish. Um, I'd like to do a century on that, but it gets a little tricky when you're riding the trail. You're a little slower out west. You get some rugged segments. So but I love the I&M. So the more I can promote it, the better. It's just it's a hidden gem. And I I want people to see it. What about you, Alan? Your next big ride? Well, I uh, um, don't have anything planned right at the moment, but the Katy Trail, which was mentioned, is really a nice one in Missouri, and that runs from St. Louis uh, west. So that may be one uh, that we're going to try and take on later this year. Um, and then the other thing I would put my plug in for, of course, is the North Shore Century, which is the Evanston Bike Club's big event. Mm-hmm. We get about 2,000 riders that ride up the North Shore to Wisconsin and back on oh, a, so a cool. Sunday in September. And it's the big event of the Evanston Bike Bicycle Club, and we have all our members volunteer and all that. And it's just a great event because you can ride 25 or 50 or 100, whatever you want. So, again, we get a lot of families doing the short ride, and we get the fast guys doing the long ride. I'm so inspired, guys. <laughs> We've been talking with Alan Cubbage, president of the Evanston Bike Club, and Christine Hubert, who's an avid cyclist from Joliet, about their love of biking and their favorite rails-to-trails rides here in the Chicago area. Thank you both so much. Thanks for the having The last us. thing I will say, I have to put this in, you're never more than a bike ride away from a good mood. Ah, I love that. I second that. <laughs> Up next, a variation on a theme. We're going to hear about two new Rails to Trails projects in the works on Chicago's south side, one in Bronzeville and the other in Inglewood. That is just ahead here on Reset. And we're back now with more Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. From the Green Bay Trail to the 606, the Chicago area is a hub for beautiful bike and pedestrian paths that once were railroad lines. Two groups have been hard at work trying to bring new rails to trails to the south side, including one in the Bronzeville neighborhood. Here's historian Sherry Williams talking about the significance of that particular project. The abandoned Kenwood Railroad branch line on the south side of Chicago will soon become the most unique thread to tie Chicago's history to the meatpacking industry, to the Civil War, to the great migration of more than 600,000 African Americans, to unions, and to black labor advances. Joining us now to tell us more is John Adams, founder of the Bronzeville Trail Task Force. Hi, John. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Good afternoon. So, John, this plan, it's been many years in the making. So tell us, when and why did you start working on it? So first, I'd like to thank you, uh, your producer, and the listening audience for having me on today. Um. This is such an amazing project, and needless to say, I had no idea what I was getting myself into (laughs) when I first imagined a project. So quite simply, there's uh, there's a bit of history actually behind it as well. uh, Back in 2005, a community-based group uh, led by Patricia Abrams, who is the dynamo that helped save the Wabash Y, uh, and another group uh, named Bud, Ground Zero Urban Development, uh, approached the city about uh, the same repurpose, to convert the abandoned embankment to a walking, running, biking trail. And uh, your audience should know that this particular embankment had been abandoned since 1957 when the CTA last uh, 
had uh, service on the embankment. Mm. <clears throat> the, uh, the line itself did originate uh, shortly after the Civil War, grade level. Uh, essentially, it, it was uh, put in by uh, the groups that came together to form the Chicago Union Stockyard, and the line was used to transport uh, livestock and produce, uh, but from from the, uh, what was known as Packing Town, back of the yard, the uh, stockyard community, to uh, other rail lines. And, of course, Chicago uh, was uh, essentially the center of, of rail commerce uh, during the late uh, 19th century, early 20th century. I see. So, that's, yeah, that's how the line came about. And, uh, and so I just began to imagine, actually in January of 2020, um, repurposing the embankment. Uh, called a, a buddy, a semi-retired architect, lives in Phoenix. He went on Google Earth, took a look at it. He said, yeah, John, it has potential. Well, of course, uh, uh, your audience needs to be reminded that if by February, late February, March, you know, we were in the midst of uh, a pandemic uh, really slamming uh, the right. Midwest and Chicago. So uh, on my current job at the time, I think we shut down by the second week of March, and then literally, you know, it all was happening in rapid succession. Oh, yeah. Uh, the state shut down, city shut down, all employment shut down. And just found, you know, time on my hands and just began to uh, talk to uh, some friends who uh, uh, had done work in the community and just to see what they thought about the idea. Well, that continued through the summer, and we incorporated the Bronzeville Trail Task Force in September of... 2020, uh, applied for our federal tax exemption, mm -hmm. and uh, just continued to build uh, an organization uh, with an enormous amount of community outreach, uh, partly funded by the Chicago Community Trust. Uh, and, and so March 31st, 2022, things really began to move for us. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to give thanks to uh, Alderman Pat Dow, who uh, and Alderman King for reaching out to the city mm -hmm. regarding this project. Mayor Lightfoot and Commissioner Maurice Cox placed us on the trail map uh, that the mayor released March 31st, 2022, and identified our trail as having potential. Um, and then things just began to, to you know, uh, accelerate well, we'll uh, take in us, a positive way. We'll take yeah, us from the past, John, into the future. What is this Bronzeville, uh, Bronzeville Trail going to look and feel like when it's all said and done? Sure. So, so it's easy to say because it's on an embankment that the project itself is going to be very similar to the Bloomingdale 606, right, which was also a, a rail embankment. And, and certainly in municipalities, these have been particularly challenging because they go through neighborhoods that are well-developed at this point, uh, namely the High Line, right, in New York, which, you know, literally is, is in Manhattan. But our trail is, is going to have some differences, and the differences are going to be uh, heavy on the historic nature and culture of the Bronzeville community. Uh, that rail line literally was the same rail line that African-Americans, as they migrated from the south, it could get on that rail line, go into the stockyards, and literally be hired on the spot because rural African-American men, certainly if they worked uh, on plantations or farms, they knew how to slaughter livestock. Mm -hmm. So uh, in some sense, they came to Chicago uh, with, with, those, with that skill set, and, uh, uh, and it was accelerated by World War I as white males 
went to go fight uh, in World War I, the stockyards were left with a shortage of, of labor, and certainly they hired women, but they also gave an opportunity to uh, a good number of, of African-American males. So where exactly is this trail? Just so, so where, where? So, yeah, so on the western end, it's, uh, uh, there's a couple blocks west of State Street, uh, right up against the Metro train line, perpendicular to the Metro train line. There's Federal and Dearborn Street. Uh, most people may be more familiar with State Street uh, on the west. Uh, and then it'll go as far east as Lake Park. Uh, and then there's a, uh, a park district park really a- across the street from the eastern end of the embankment. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to the western end, something really amazing occurred, and that is uh, this past summer, uh, the Secretary of the Interior he- held a hearing at Roberts Temple, and Roberts Temple literally is 50 feet from the embankment. In fact, this parking lot goes right up to the embankment. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and, and so there's a plan afloat to name Roberts Temple a national monument. And oh, needless to that. say, when that takes place, yes, that'll bring uh, minimally a half a million people uh, to Roberts Temple uh, every year. And our uh, uh, trail is, will be right there. Wow, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so that's incredible. A couple years ago, I had the opportunity to take a a historical tour of Bronzeville with uh, Sherman Thomas, a.k.a. Dilla. Uh, He runs bus tours of the area, which you might be familiar with. Absolutely. It was such a great experience, especially because at the time I was really new to Chicago. Uh, I'd only been here a few months. So will there be historical markers or plaques or other information about the neighborhood along this trail? Yeah, absolutely. We intend to have as much cultural, you know, uh, access to cultural information uh, using the latest technology, kiosks, certainly, uh, the size placards and, and the like, uh, standing signage. Um, and we also intend to honor a little-known hero uh, named Marshall Major Taylor, who is the first African-American international sports champion uh, in any sport. Uh, Marshall Major Taylor won a cycling event in Montreal, 1899, uh, raced until 1910, moved to Chicago, 1930, 1930, and died in Chicago, 1932. Mm-hmm. We intend to erect a monument on the western end in his honor, um, uh, just as an example of, of the kind of cultural yeah. uh, exhibits that will be available. But certainly, I mean, the, the, the Bronzeville has such an amazing cultural history. I mean, by far, There's it so is. much. Yeah, the community that uh, advanced uh, black political empowerment and black economic empowerment far greater than, than Harlem in New York and actually is unrivaled. As you certainly know, as you're mm-hmm. listening to the audience, may know the first African-American congressman uh, uh, post-Reconstruction was Oscar the Priest out of Chicago. Uh, the last congressman who served was, I believe, North Carolina. His term expired, uh, I want to say, in 1904 or so. And uh, Oscar the Priest was elected in, ni- in 1928, took office in 1929. And literally for about a quarter of a century, there was no African-American in Congress until Oscar the Priest. So do you, do you imagine the trail as, as something that will serve the surrounding community or as something that will draw people to Bronzeville who don't visit the neighborhood much? Or both, maybe both a little man. bit of both? Yeah, absolutely both. Uh, you know, the one thing the pandemic did is highlight again, and certainly we all know that African Americans, you know, lead all ill statistics uh, when it comes to health. 
uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, asthma, you name it. Um, and, and so this certainly will be a, a remarkable, you know, health initiative as well. One of my memories of the pandemic was watching a, a news station early in the morning, looking at the local news, and there was a, a TV camera out at the Bloomingdale Trail. Yeah. And people were able to get out and exercise and after having been shut in. So we envision that same kind of health benefit uh, being available to uh, people in the Bronzeville community. Also, it's gonna, the trail is going to provide a, a shortcut, if I may, to people who live west of the Dan Ryan at approximately you know, 41st Street or Route Street, where they won't have to go all the way down to 35th or 31st to get to the lakefront. They'll be able to uh, cross at Route Street and jump right on the, the Bronzeville Trail. Yeah. Uh, lastly, and, and this is pretty amazing, is even though the embankment itself is about a mile and three quarters, you know, our trail will become a spoke of the lakefront bike trail. Mm. So in effect, it's going to be a 27-mile trail. That sounds trail. incredible. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. John Adams is founder of the Bronzeville Trail Task Force. Best of luck with the next steps, John. It sounds like this is just going to be amazing for Bronzeville. Oh, oh, it is. It's going to be transformative. Mm. It's going to be this project, think about it, will be the most catalytic project in the history of Bronzeville. Awesome. And, and we don't say that lightly in the history mm-hmm. of Bronzeville. You could build a skyscraper on the corner of, you know, 47 and King Drive, but you can't interact with that skyscraper right, right. Uh, <laughs> all your life, right? Yeah. So from, from the time you're born until, you know, you go to glory, you'll be able to enjoy the Bronzeville Trail. Love that. Thank you, John. Take care. We're going to turn now to Anton Seals. He's the executive director of Grow Greater Inglewood. That's the organization behind another Rails to Trails project in the works on the south side. The Inglewood Nature Trail will run two miles through the neighborhood, and it will actually connect several urban farms together in the process. Thanks for being here, Anton. Oh, thanks for having me. And it's Anton Seals Jr., there's a, there's a senior. <laughs> there's a senior that would be very mad at me. Sorry, sir. Uh, all right. So tell us about the vision for, for the project. I mean, what do you expect folks to see and experience once the Englewood Nature Trail is actually open to the public? Well, I think one of the big things that we want to do is the, um, the big impetus behind the project is somewhere to ground black culture and black people. And it's ever changing kind of urban tapestry. Uh, the rich history that is in Inglewood, and, and also connecting black people back to our kind of um, roots as the original land stewards of the earth, as African people. Um, that, you know, that's what brought people here yeah. to the north. Uh, it's what brought us to the, the shores of America it was not just for our labor during the enslavement period, but it was also our, our deep reservoir of knowledge of how to care for nature and the environment. And so we want to tap into that. It already exists in many backyard homes already mm-hmm. across the south and west sides. And so when we think about the nature trail, we think about it as a way for respite and relaxation, uh, a greenway, food, um, and play. Um, so we really are looking at a way to how do we, you know, really galvanize and have for the next generation where, where black families can thrive. Mm-hmm. So that's so important because usually – these kind of uh, infrastructure reuse projects thinks about the kind of project itself. But at the core of it is the the, the families and the people who get to, to use the space. Yeah. And so we're not building it as just a trail uh, in terms of uh, in terms of a bike trail. There will be a, a bikes that will be allowed, um, but more a, around the kind of uh, nature capacity of trees and the environment. So healing the land mm-hmm. and really looking at how the land can help in, in, in further 
address some of the issues that we're dealing with in terms of food and environment. So we see this project as an intersection between those oh, two around agriculture and climate action that has to happen. Yeah, some people may not know Inglewood is a major hub for urban farms. It is growing. I mean, we have uh, Growing Home. Shout out to Growing Home. We have uh, Amon and the, the grocery store on 63rd Street. We have uh, a, a network of our Inglewood Village farmers, Dusabo, Cedillos, uh, um, Getting Grown Collective, Sisters in the Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so these farms are going to work together Urban with the Growers trail Collective. Like, so these are vacant lots that have been transformed into farms, which is a little different than just community uh, gardens, which is that we are working with these farmers who are being trained by Urban Growers Collective, a growing home, or Chicago Botanic Garden, who are doing the training of farmers. So these are individual farm businesses that we then work together as a collective, which is the Inglewood Village Farms, Uh to come together as a kind of cohesive kind of a, a cooperative economic model, which is has its roots in the agrarian, yeah. uh, you know, especially in Illinois. It sounds then like you're you're really thinking about the overall health uh, of the the community and the folks that live there. Study after study, it's shown the benefits of living near or visiting green spaces. Correct. So, does Inglewood, in your opinion, have enough of them? Well, you know, ironically, there are three parks that are adjacent to the trail. So we have Moran Park, we have um, Hermitage Park, and there's Lindblom Park. And so we also see this as a way to advance the overall usage of parks, mm-hmm. improving the park spaces. Um, and so you have to center that. And so we have to kind of also kind of do the unlearning that, you know, nice spaces belong in black communities and that they're for black people. Because mm-hmm. usually in our lexicon in America is that when spaces improve, that means that others will benefit. So the work from community that we've been working on is to have the community help us work through this because we are the community. This was not a top-down driven. This was something that the community thought about for Mm -hmm. years, and it took a lot of advocacy to even get it to this point where we've raised almost $75 million. Oh, wow. And I think a big shout-out goes to this, you know, uh, outgoing administration, Lori Lightfoot and her administration and Maurice Cox and their vision of seeing this as – a real way for community revitalization with and and also really centering because the the community is leading the process with DPD around how do we put protections in for our community yeah. so a real reparational kind of framework for homeowners for renters you know in an ever changing community that has been impacted by every social ill there is Inglewood has borne the brunt of it, you know, so much so that people think of it as Chirac. But the history there in Inglewood has this long history of black families trying to gain ownership and access into the American franchise. So then with that in mind, looking ahead, what's your vision for Inglewood in 5, 10, 20 years? Well, we want a space where you have a multiple of different farms where you can come and visit. You can go and relax and walk two miles, make sure that you always get your kind of uh, recreation and the level of uh, moving, moving, <laughs> right, right, that you can do that locally, and there's a space for children to be. There's a space for for uh, elders to be. So yeah. we're building this Keeping for everyone the, active. Correct. Yeah. Where we're building this in our community that reflects our values and understanding that black spaces are welcoming spaces. 
So just to detach that is so important. So we see this as a way for black uh, people who are definitely wanting to come back and own in the in the community. Mm-hmm. Now is a great time. They should visit. Uh, Rage is doing some great stuff around the re-up campaign. Yeah. So we see this as an opportunity for the legacy of the black folks who were actually gypped, which our friend Tonika talks about in the Folded Map series of how black wealth was extracted. Yeah. So we're being very intentional about that, that we see this as a kind of a hub for black culture. And then also the growing Latino uh, community that is growing, that there's some intersection mm-hmm. because we live in a major metropolitan city as well. Well, we're just about out of time, but it, take these 30 seconds and just tell us sort of where we're at now with the Inglewood Nature Trail and the next steps. So we are wrapping up our kind of master plan. So it's now just not the Nature Trail, it's the Agro Eco District. So we're looking at the, the, the entire kind of framework from uh, low to Damon, uh-huh. uh, what to do with all those vacant spaces, attracting businesses back to 59th Street Corridor. And those businesses are like manufacturing that are connected to the kind of climate and environmental space and also agriculture. Yeah. So we just won recently a, a grant from Chase. And nice. so we are going to be doing some work around creating a, a co-packing and yeah. labs and that kind of stuff so that we can have real jobs in the community. So we see this in the next you know, getting the, the plan done, protections for the community, yeah. baking the community benefits on the front end. And so we we all about that we deserve beautiful spaces. And that is important for us this to remember and to be able. So please just reach out. We have the agro eco Inglewood dot org is our website. Right. Um, you can get uh, updates there and then also grow greater Inglewood dot org. Anton Seals Jr. is executive director of Grow Greater Inglewood and the man behind the Nature Trail. Thank you so much for well, joining. Well, just one of the people behind. It's a community effort, so I just always correct that, and I'm also the lead steward. So awesome. thank you all for making time for us today. Thanks for being here. That's it for Reset.